الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه ومن تبعهم بإحسان إلى يوم الدين وسلم تسليما كثيرا ما بعد We praise Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala abundantly the way he deserves to be praised We ask Allah to exalt the mention, grant peace and send his blessings and salutations upon the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Brothers and sisters, in our last class we were going over one of the most important ahadith pertaining to advice in Islam and we had covered all of the aspects of the hadith except the fawaid which is also known as the benefits the singular of which is uh, faida there's an echo ya musab is it better now please confirm that the audio is better yeah i closed it I closed it. Confirm that it's better, please. Okay. Zakallah khairan. There's no echo. Okay, whatever. And what we the, the singular is fa'ida and the plural is fawaid, uh, which is benefit and unbenefits. So min fawaid al hadith. From the among the benefits of the hadith, Ahamiyatun Nasihati fi Hadihil Mawadir, the importance of advice in these circumstances. Wajudarika, the point of reference is Anan Nabiya sallallahu alayhi wa sallam ja'alaha deen. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam made that equivalent to the deen. He made it equal to the entire religion. Fakala, so he therefore said sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Addinu. And nasiha, religion is good advice. Uh, Brother Fufuz, uh, Habibi, let it go because you're, you're the only one who's complaining about the echo. And this is all we could do. There's the browsers, uh, my, my thing is muted. So if there's still an echo going on, there's nothing that I could do about it. So please uh, let it go. Zakallah khair. Allahum sta'an. Number two. حسن تعليم الرسول صلى الله عليه وسلم حيث يذكر الشيء مجملا ثم يفصله لقوله الدين النصيحة The excellent method of teaching that was adopted by the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم wherein he would mention the matter generally and then he would break it down. He would mention the matter generally and then he will dissect it or break it down. So mujmal from ijmal and mud and and that the, and mujmal is basically the overall, the general, the encompassing. al from mufassal, utafsil, ufasl, which it could be a chapter or it could be that which is divided into or that which is broken down and that which is organized in this manner i'm giving you some vocabulary just so you guys could be you know if you ever read those texts on your own uh in case we're no longer around to give these classes then at least you could figure out some of the stuff without needing an external assistance so if you want to really benefit do what we used to do with sheikh farid write down Take notes on the PDF, whether you're using digital uh, pen 
or using a physical pen on a printed copy or you're taking uh, uh, hand uh, written notes or you're typing them out each to each, you know, whatever floats your boat. But the bottom line is I want you to take notes of those and so that you could improve your overall skills. Furthermore, it is also we're considering uh, uh, giving you the chance to recite the hadith that you have memorized. Thus far, we have, I believe we're about to finish the seventh hadith. We're about to enter into the eighth. So if you would like, maybe next week, inshallah, we'll have a Zoom call. And those of you who want to uh, recite from memory can, and it will be my job to correct your pronunciation or your, you know, whatever mistakes you might have. Um, that's something that will also help us and encourage all of us to memorize those hadith so that we're not merely uh, listening for uh, the sake of benefiting, but we could take the benefit into another realm that includes memorization and dabt l'ilm and, and, you know, keeping track of the things that you're learning. Bismillah. So among the things I recommend is that you take notes. So right next to mujmalan, you're going to write genera, generally or in general. And next to yufassal, yufassilhu, you could write the root word, uh, which is fasl or tafsil. And then you could write to break something down to divide it, to, you know, so on and so forth. Organize it. لِقَوْلِهِ The religion is good advice. Third point or third benefit of the hadith, حِرْسُ حِرْسُ الصَّحَابَةِ رَضِيَ اللَّهُ عَنْهُمْ عَلَى الْعِلْمِ The keenness of the Sahaba, may Allah be pleased with them, regarding knowledge. Their keenness on knowledge and acquiring knowledge. Hirs is to be keen. Haris is the adjective. Uh, so you say, Abdullah harisun ala al-ilmi. Abdullah is keen on acquiring knowledge. And here, hirs is the uh, noun form of the word. And you see, this is the trickery of the Arabic language. And that's why you need to know what you're talking about. Otherwise, like many people out there who don't know the Arabic language, don't know sarf, and you know these books don't have tashkil, they don't have the diacritical signs. So it's based on the knowledge of the speaker with the human error margin that cannot be eliminated. But still, somebody could easily read this. You come across this ayah in the Quran in the Sunnah of the Prophet فَلَا تَدْعُوا مَعَ اللَّهِ أَحَدًا And verily the masajid belong to Allah, so do not do dua to anyone but Allah. You understand? Uh, here, however, it is not يَدْعُوا. It is not يَدْعُوا, i.e. from dua to make supplication. Oh, Allahu Akbar. All right. My... That is something you guys should have highlighted. That is something that should have been brought to my attention as opposed to this echo that we went back and forth on for I don't know how many minutes. Y'all don't want to read? Ma fi mushkila. Khair. So, وَأَنَّهُمْ لَمْ يَدَعُوا لَمْ يَدَعُوا And the singular is يَدَعْ يَدَعْ is to leave, to abandon, to let go. دَعْنِي Dani meaning leave me. Huh? So lam yada'u meaning they didn't abandon. 
they didn't let go شيئاً, anything يحتاج الناس إلى فهمه إلا سألوا عنه they didn't leave anything that the people need in order to understand except that they questioned about it that's the keenness of the Sahaba on knowledge ومن ذلك لما ذكر النبي صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم أن الدجال يمكث في الأرض أربعين عاما أربعين يوما and an example of that is when the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa mentioned that the Dajjal will remain on earth for 40 days. The first day will be equivalent to a year. No problem. They said, oh, Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, هَذَا الْيَوْمُ الَّذِي كَسَنَةٍ this day which will be equivalent to a year would it be sufficient for us the prayer of one day i.e. just to pray the five to pray the five daily prayers so they asked pay attention to this now and what branches from this principle رضي الله عنهم من أمور الدين فلا نسأل عنه لا سيما فيما يتعلق بأسماء الله وصفاته سبحان الله Where are the Ash'aris and the Maturidis from this? And that whatever the companions did, may Allah be pleased with them, did not ask about, did not ask about from the matters of the religion that we also don't ask about Specifically, the matters pertaining to the names and attributes of Allah. That's why Imam Malik, may Allah have mercy on him, he considered the person who asked about the modality of Allah's transcendence, he considered him and labeled him to be a mubtadi', an innovator. Because he invented a question that the Sahaba did not invent. He invented a question that the Sahaba did not ask. I'm sorry. And when you know this principle, 95% of the problems that the deviant sects in Islam are suffering from are automatically resolved for you, O Sunni. Oh, Athari, oh, Salafi. And I mean it in the most generic adjective sense. 95% of their problems are solved for you. It's a beautiful world. Allah descends at the last third of the night. Every night to the lowest heaven. Who said this? The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa What verbs did he use? Yenzilu. Yenzilu. He descends. Who were around him? The Sahaba. Were they keen on learning? Absolutely. Did they want to learn and know every detail? No doubt. Evidence? When he said the religion is good advice, they said to who? To who? A messenger of Allah. So he broke it down for them. 
When he told them that at the time of the Dajjal, one year will one day will be equivalent to a year, they asked, How do we pray? Is the prayer of one day sufficient or no? They were always keen. When he said that, nobody said a word. Nobody said a word. Because they understood there's nothing like unto him. So now when you have people say, Oh yeah, so when Allah descends to the lowest heaven, is he still on the throne or not? And what about when we're on this side of the earth? What about the people on the other side? If you say that Allah is above, what about the north and the east and the south? And all these philosophical questions, all of these mubtadi'a playing around with the deen of Allah, asking questions that the sahaba never asked. So if you don't ask what they didn't ask, you are safe. And that's why we say we follow the way of the Sahaba. And everybody who claims to be following their way yet indulges in speculative theology or ilmul kalam is a liar against the deen of Allah, a liar against Allah, a liar against the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wasallam. And he will be held accountable on Yawm al-Qiyamah for not only lying against the deen, but also deceiving the lay Muslims. And, and fooling them into believing that this is something from the deen of Allah when by Allah it is not from the deen of Allah. If the Prophet wanted to give him a particular meaning, he would have given him that meaning using the appropriate words to, words to deliver the message. He chose those words, we accept those words. And we understand there's nothing like Allah, so we don't have ideas or images or what have you. So clear, so straightforward, so orthodox, so pure, so authentic, so sound. Versus the waffling, the never-ending waffling of the Maturidiyya and the Ashairah. They have no eye every time they come across an ayah and a hadith that, they, that their brains cannot fathom. They are forced to play silly games and go into mazes and puzzles trying to put something together to make sense and wallahi it never makes sense. It, it is against the fitrah. So you don't ask those questions. You don't ask questions that the sahaba did not ask. Allah is above the heavens. How? Why? Wala kalima. Wala harf. Wala harf. Uskut. Thumma stawa ala al-arsh. Amanna billah. Uskut. Ya'ti rabbuna. Our Lord will come. Uskut. Yathaku. Allah laughs. We believe. Uskut. Rather, both of his hands are stretched out. Shh, believe. Believe in the eyes of Allah. Allah is not one-eyed. Go back to the Aqid al-Wasitiyah. Believe and be quiet. So simple. So straightforward. No playing games, no confusion. This is the sound aqidah. How many people are teaching you sound aqidah today in the Muslim world? What are they? 5%? 10%? Allahu alam if he even comprised 10% of the da'wah scene. So you have to be careful who you take this knowledge from. Fourthly, the gradualism in prioritizing 
as per the importance of the subject. Al-Bada'a from Bada'a Yabda'u Mubtada to begin to initiate the first of four more. Aham is from the word Muhim, where that was in Al-Tafdil, like the comparative and the superlative. You say better and best, good, better and best. Tall, taller, tallest. Aham is more important. Fal-Aham, then that which is more important. So you begin with the most important subjects and then you then you address the other matters. حَيْثُ بَدَأَ النَّبِيُّ صلى الله عليه وسلم بِالنَّصِيحَةِ لِلَّهِ ثُمَّ لِلْكِتَابِ ثُمَّ لِلْرَسُولِ صلى الله عليه وسلم ثُمَّ لِأَئِمَّةِ الْمُسْلِمِينَ ثُمَّ عَمَّتِهِمْ The Prophet وسلم, began with having sincere sincerity for Allah. Then Allah's book. Then the Messenger of Allah صلى الله عليه وسلم and then the Imams of the Muslims and then the Average, the regular, the ordinary, the lay Muslims. So you begin in order of importance. And that's why a lot of these also speakers and du'at deceive the masses is that when they're given the chance to finally access them, instead of utilizing the opportunity to begin with Tawheed, which is what every prophet began with, what every messenger began with, what the Prophet ﷺ spent with difference of opinion, uh, 13 years inviting the people to Tawheed. People prefer to give you a talk about great manners and good character and looking after the neighbor and scientific miracles of the Quran, all this and all that. And some of them continue for years to call the people to everything but Tawheed of Allah. Because that topic or that subject is controversial. Oh, it's going to divide my followers into those who agree and those who disagree. And then those who disagree will eventually leave me. So in order for me not to lose my crowd and audience, I will avoid I will avoid discussing the matters that will divide the followers because I'm trying to rack up a big number of followers we say yeah sheikh what is your intention behind racking up a huge number of followers he will tell you billah. i don't care about money i don't care about numbers i'm trying to have a big number of followers so i can have the biggest influence on them the question is when after you die are you going to wait after you die do you know when you're gonna die or at which point do you tell them surprise I got to discuss with you Tawheed in detail lest you go astray. So you're going to rack up followers for 15 years until you're, until you're an old man. And then one day you're going to break it down for them and say, by the way, I've been, you know, let me tell you what I should have told you 15 years ago. They will leave you then. This is if they were still following you. You've already deceived them and left them astray all these years. So there's absolutely no justification whatsoever for those who claim that certain topics are controversial. Therefore, I should not address them, specifically the matter of Tawheed, because I have a noble objective of trying to influence more Muslims. You are just a liar or a fool. Because you don't know how it works, or you think you have a methodology that is superior to the Prophet ﷺ and to the messengers before him. Rather, you call the people to Tawheed. 
and you do what the Prophet ﷺ, Muhammad farqun, aw farraqa bayna nas The Prophet ﷺ is the distinction or he is the criterion. He divided between the people. The Prophet ﷺ divided the people into upright and, and corrupt, into upon tawheed and upon shirk, into Muslim and kafir, and so on and so forth. So the, 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 the callers out there, you know who they are, who are constantly avoiding discussing the matters that they need to discuss are in essence deceiving the Muslims. And they are following the footsteps of the people of the book. Just like the Jews and the Christians are doing right now with their religion. May Allah Azza wa Jal guide them to what is best for them and what is best for the Muslims. May Allah show them the truth as truth and help them follow it and show them the falsehood as falsehood and help them avoid it. May Allah rectify our hearts and theirs and purify our hearts and theirs and make the sunnah more beloved to us than the rest of the world and the rest of the people and the rest of the influences that are constantly trying to divert us from the way of the Prophet Ameen Ya Rabb. Because wallahi it is sad. So the nasiha is to Allah, to his book, to the Prophet والسلام, to the A'immat al-Muslimin and then to the layman. وَإِنَّمَا قَدَّمَ الْكِتَابَ قَدَّمَ الْكِتَابَ عَلَى الرَّسُولِ صَلَّى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهُ وَسَلَمْ لِأَنَّ الْكِتَابَ يَبْقَى وَالرَّسُولُ يَمُوتُ Subhanallah. The reason why the Prophet وسلم, gave precedence to the book before he mentioned the messenger is because the book will remain whereas the messenger will die. And he died, Also the fact that the being sincere to the Quran to the Quran and the Prophet are they go hand in hand. If you're sincere to the book of Allah, you are by default sincere to the Prophet and if he is being sincere to the Prophet ﷺ, then he is in essence being sincere to the book, i.e. the Qur'an. Because they go hand in hand. Fifthly, The obligation of advice the obligation of advising the imams and the leaders and the rulers of the Muslims. It's an obligation. And that is based on what we have mentioned in the various aspects of doing so. Whether it is the rulers, i.e. the politicians, the people in charge, or if it is to the scholars. You have an obligation to advise both. However, if you want to know the details of such, please refer to the previous class. And you will know exactly how you go about advising a person in charge or advising a ruler. It is not done from a pulpit. It is not done uh, in a YouTube video. No advice to a ruler on a YouTube video has ever been effective. And you would be extremely foolish to think that if you made a video on YouTube, it's going to somehow make it to the people in charge and... Uh, uh, you know, create change. You are really, really deceiving yourself 
into thinking that that is an effective means for you to bring about change or that you go on the member and you enumerate their mistakes or all the corruption or all the bad things that are happening around you. You would be really foolish to think that this is going to bring about change. On the contrary, it will bring about cracking down some more and even more spread of corruption. So if you really are trying to eliminate the evil that is out there, then follow the prophetic way of going about it. Perhaps Allah will put a barakah in following the sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, whereas Allah will not put a barakah in opposing the way of the Prophet ﷺ. So you have, it's a gamble. You advise them secretly. It could either work or it could fail. But there's a chance that it would work. Advising them publicly is going against the sunnah. It will never work. It will never work because you fall away other than the way of the Prophet ﷺ. You cannot be successful. And the same thing for the scholars. Al-Fa'idatu Sadisatu, the sixth benefit, Al-Isharatu ila anna al-mujtama'a al-Islami la budda lahu min imam. Wal-imamatu qad takunu amma wa qad takunu khasa. There's a note or there's an indication that the Islamic society must have a leader. And that could be the leader in the general sense or in the specific sense. فَإِمَامُ الْمَسْجِدِ إِمَامٌ فِي مَسْجِدِهِ The masjid, uh, the masjid's imam is an imam in his masjid. وَلِهَذَا قَالَ أَهْلُ الْعِلْمِ That's why the scholars say لَا يَجُوزُ أَن تُقَامَ الْجَمَاعَةَ الَّتِي لَهَا إِمَامٌ رَاتِبٌ بِدُونِ إِذْنِ الْإِمَامِ الرَّاتِبِ it is not, that's why the people of knowledge, they say, it is not permissible that a congregation is established in a masjid that has a fixed imam without the permission of that fixed imam. Because this is a form of transgressing against his right. That's why the Prophet وسلم, he commanded the travelers, if they are three, to have to for them to select one as an Imam. Amir, to make one of them the Amir, i.e., the leader or the, the person the the person in charge, the designated person in charge, or the PIC, for that trip or that travel, so that their matters will not be chaotic. And by the way, you're obliged to obey that person. So if three people are traveling and one of them is the Amir, the Amir is the shot caller, and the other people have to comply with what he's saying. Of course, unless he tells them to disobey Allah. Otherwise, three are traveling. One wants to rest, just hang out. One wants to sleep, and one wants to continue. How are you going to make it happen? You're all in the same in the same vehicle, or with three vehicles, each one in his car. One wants to pull over and have a cup of coffee on the way in one of the uh, uh, gas station stops. The other one wants to pull over and sleep. He's exhausted and tired. And the third one wants to continue. If there is no Amir, 
these guys will never be able to travel together because each one of them is going to do what he wants and then they're lost. They're going to be chaos and confusion. So one person has to be the person in charge. He calls the shots. Obviously, that person has to be wise because if you are the emir and, and the other guy is telling you that he's about to fall asleep and you say, no, it doesn't matter. We're going to continue anyways. Then you're crazy because you're in essence trying to get this person killed. So you have to be qualified to be an emir also. And you, that's why you should select the one who's most wise and most intelligent so that this person can make calculated moves. All right. It looks like we're going to have to pull over and sleep for half an hour because the dude is about to knock out. You can't just say we're going to continue anyways and you have to obey me. There you go. This Amir that they place in charge of them, it's obligatory to obey him regarding the matters of travel. They made him their, their leader. So if he, uh, so if he become, if he starts issuing commands while traveling, so he says, yeah, Fulan, get up and fix this. And it is related to travel. It's obligatory on you to obey him. Otherwise, there's no benefit in his, in his leadership in the first place. If he tells you, hey, get up and fix the car, you're like, nah, forget you. I'm just going to relax. خلاص, what's the point of having as an emir? You have to obey him. If the emir said to one of his friends, Oh, my friend, give me my slippers. Or give me my shoes. It is not obligatory to obey him. They made him their leader pertaining to the matters of travel. Him bringing you shoes has nothing to do with travel. You can get up and get your own shoes. But if he said to other, another one, Fulan, prepare lunch then he has to obey him because that is related to travel. You eating and looking after yourself and having the energy and the ability and the sustainability to continue is related to travel, so he has to obey you. Alhamdulillah. If he said, now we're going to pull over and we're going to stay in this place until it gets colder then it's obligatory to comply. And so on, and thus, thus on, and so forth. Accordingly, the Muslim Ummah must have a ruler on a, on a greater scale, of course. And Allah is the source of success. I think it would be wise uh, to conclude the dars, knowing that you guys always have a lot of questions, and so that we can have also proper uh, breakdown or distribution of the classes. So inshallah ta'ala next week we will be doing the lovely hadith uh, the hadith of Thamin from Al-Arba'een Al-Nawawiyya. Alright, this is page 146. Please note it. And we're going to enlarge the screen and we're going to go full and see what we got here. Oh. Salam, brother. The hadith about 70,000 enter Jannah without hisab is only 70,000 over for all humanity, or could it be from the other hadith? It's 70,000 overall. And it's from the Ummah of the Prophet, and it's not from the other Ummah. 
The hadith actually mentions the ummah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam and not the other ummah, not the ummah of Musa or Isa or Ibrahim. So 70,000 from the ummah of the Prophet ﷺ, only, yes, only. All right. Reuniting with all friends of Muslims and few non-Muslims. I have accepted an invite, but came across two non-Muslim friends making few unfitting comments about deen and about Muslims in a group chat. Can I ask them to unsend these comments as they are messages around two to three years old, but I know their reaction will be most likely positive and remorseful and still meet up with them. Yes, of course, tell them to uh, uh, retract and unsend those messages. And of course, meet up with them and try to give them da'wah. You got to give people da'wah, man. People need da'wah. Don't abandon the disbelievers on the first corner. Don't abandon them on the first corner. On the first intersection. And then wonder why they don't know any better about Islam. It's our job to keep a, a, a living life link with these people in order to give them da'wah to Islam. Now, alam. How can we retire from a job in a halal way? Wasn't I asked that question a long time ago? I was asked that question a long time ago. I'm, I'm being tricked right now into giving a similar answer. I don't know what you're trying to get out of me. How? By resigning. Sending an email to HR, telling them that you would like to leave this job. That's how you retire or you... Uh, it's not called retiring, by the way. It's called resigning. Otherwise, if you want to retire, that's a different story. Now. If, ma if man marry the woman from different country... Virtual nikah married. Are he already start? <laughs> are he already start to pay his wife expenses or not Isla or or not Islamically, because he has not yet consummated the marriage? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether he consummated the marriage or not. Uh, according to some scholars, if he's married and the nikah has done, then he is supposed to be paying for her expenses. However. If there's an agreement that her father will continue to pay for them until they are together, then that's an agreement that they can make on their own. Now, Allahu A'lam. Sorry for my poor grammar last week. No problem. Abdullah. Salaamu alaykum wa alaykum Who should we prioritize in giving our obedience to after Allah's messenger? The ruler or our own parents? The parents. And actually, wait, that's a wrong question. That is a wrong question. The question, there is no conflict between obeying your ruler and the parents. It's not like the ruler is living in your house, Habibi, uh, you know, sitting in the, in, the, in the living room, and every five minutes he tells you, Ta'al ya Sheikh, ruh sawi utla wanzal. The ruler is not bothered with you. What does the ruler actually command you to do? Nothing. The, the ruler, in essence, nowadays, does not really concern himself with the subjects. He's doing his own thing. And therefore, you're doing your own thing. So you're obviously going to obey your parents because those are the people that you have an immediate uh, uh, relationship with. And the ruler is doing his own thing. There's no conflict between these two. It's like saying, which one should I prioritize? Having breakfast or having lunch? Uh, what do you mean? You're going to have breakfast at breakfast time and lunch at lunch time. What, what prioritizing is there? You can do both. 
if you had only one meal, you could have only one meal, either breakfast or lunch, we will have a discussion. If you can have breakfast and lunch, what are we discussing? You can, you can obey your parents and obey the ruler. There's no prioritization. Come on, Farooq. Salam alaikum. Salam. A non-Muslim wants to travel to the Arabian Peninsula to work. He's seeking a loan to aid his travel processing. Can I borrow him money? Or there's no such thing as borrow him. You can lend him money and then he is borrowing money from you. You don't borrow people. You lend people stuff. When you lend them the stuff, they have borrowed it from you. So can you lend him money? It's up to you, of course. It's up to you if you want to lend him money or not. If you're well off and you think that would be a good means of da'wah, you think if he comes to the Arabian Peninsula, there's a chance of him becoming a Muslim and you want to do this for the sake of Allah, zakallah khair. If you can afford it, why not? Naam. Is there a difference between Ahbash and normal Ash'aris? Oh, absolutely. Uh, the normal Ash'aris are a deviant sect in terms of Aqidah. The Ahbash are flirting with disbelief. The Ahbash are a, a, a extreme Ash'ara. And beyond their distortion of the names and attributes of Allah, they are involved in all types of shirki, shirkiyat that not all the Ash'ara are involved in. So no, the Ahbash are like a, 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 what is the term? The Ahbash are a type of exaggerated or, or hyperbolized Ash'ara with all kinds of shirki affiliations and tendencies and, act and actions. Naam. Wa alaykum salam. Is it permissible if I join a TikTok live when I see a brother spreading misinformation about the deen? Even if it is brief, I don't know what the problem is. I don't know how TikTok works. I, 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 I'm forced to have TikTok for work purposes, uh, but I don't know how it works. So if there's a person giving, when you, when you join, are the people going to see you? No. Don't you just join? Doesn't it show Ms. Mizzy? Yeah, you can join. What's the problem? Unless you're going to be speaking or unless you're going to be seen, then no, whether it's TikTok or other than that, you cannot join. Next. Heard from a lot of reliable sources, Hamza Yusuf is not trustworthy. And I couldn't remember here hearing anything fishy, but still stopped listening. Recently came upon a video of him saying, Surah Maryam is basically a mawlid and not celebrated for his birthday, could be kufur. May Allah help us. Yeah, well, okay. We've, all, we've warned against Hamza Yusuf from the first day I think I entered the da'wah field. I warn against Hamza Yusuf and nothing has changed. He's only gotten worse. I mean, that I don't think there are two Sunni Muslims who should debate on the fact that Hamza Yusuf is not someone that you could take seriously, not someone you could learn Islam from, not someone who's upon the Sunnah, not someone who's upon the Aqidah of Al-Sunnah wal jamaah He's a burnt out Ash'ari Sufi with all kinds of crazy liberal uh, uh, ideologies that he promotes uh, quite uh, eloquently, I would say. No, Hamza Yusuf, man. Come on now. There's a way not to show video and only audio. Don't speak. If you're going to join and speak and you're a soft-spoken sister, then don't. It, your voice is not an aura, so we can be clear. The woman's voice is not an aura, i.e. it's not something that must be hidden and covered. However, 
uh, a man is often fascinated with the softness of a woman's voice and her feminist her feminist nature usually is displayed and is expressed in her voice so if you joining and speaking with your with your voice among many men it's going to be a fitna for these men and i would recommend that you stay away from it I'm not saying it's haram because it's permissible for you to speak. Just like it's permissible for a woman right now to go to the pharmacy and speak to the pharmacist. It's permissible for her to go to the supermarket and speak to the cashier. It's permissible for her to speak. But some sisters sound like a man, sadly. And in that case, it's they get away with another thing, which is nobody cares if they speak. And some sisters, as soon as they speak, men start fainting left and right just the way it is so i don't i don't care which department which category you belong to because that's none of my business you could judge on your own where you belong and then you need to act accordingly now is abdullah ibn bayah reliable no from what i know no, no. azam please don't post these questions anymore khalas already it's a, we're beating a dead horse we know that if, if Hamza Yusuf is learning from him, then he's not reliable by default. Generally speaking. Well, I've answered these questions before. Ma'alish, let's let it slide. Uh, wa alaikum salam. Are video games that involve pagan gods halal to play as long as you know that they're not true? No, it's not permissible. It is not permissible to play those games. Naam. Ameen, ya Rabb. Wa ya sulyana. How to answer people who say yes, Al-Qadi is a scholar and what he says is taken out of context. I've already explained that in more than one talk. I even spoke about that particular issue in my uh, uh, speech about Sheikh Farid Abdullah uh, yesterday. So yani, a, a person having knowledge or being a scholar does not mean that he is guided. A person can have a lot of knowledge and use this knowledge to misguide himself and misguide others. Uh, the fact that Yasir Qadi says that the deen of Allah needs to be modified or is open to be modified and changed. The Sharia, the legislation that Allah revealed from above the seven heavens through Jibreel to the Prophet wasallam, that the Muslims adopted and, in, and loved and implemented all these years. The fact that someone has the audacity to interject and claim that it's open to modification and to visitation and to reconsideration and possibly being changed is the biggest evidence that the scholar that they're referring to is a deviant, wicked scholar that is going straight into hell, diving nose first, and bringing with him all those who take him seriously and take knowledge from him. Now, the narration of Ibn Umar reciting Quran a grave is authentic. I don't know which narration you are referring to. Can I listen to Nuniyat al-Qahtani? Meaning, is it creedily sound? I don't know. I need. I, I haven't read it. There are some books and software that are normally sold. If I happen to download them online for free, is it halal? There's a difference of opinion among the scholars. It's a very complicated matter. I'm not in a position to give you a fatwa on it. It's, it's too advanced. Now. Uh, Adil, Zalla Khairan, Assalamu Alaikum, Alaikum Salam, bro. 
Bro, just a reminder, Ustad Faris Al-Hamadi goes over how to deal with a ruler in a recent video. Yes. Yes. Please refer to the works of our brother, Sheikh Faris, on the subject matter. That, that brother gets a lot of hate and gets slandered, I think, most more than most of us. And I am just, I'm surprised at the audacity of the Muslims, man. Yani the, but anyways... Actually, I'm, I'm not a surprise anymore. Yalla khair. May Allah Azza wa Jal make that in his mizan uh, hasanati. Uh, Naam, next. Uh, who are you supporting? Al-Nasr or Al-Hilal? Wallahi, yani, honestly, I don't really support either. I, I prefer Ronaldo as a person, hoping that him winning will open the door for him to become a Muslim. Yani what I'm, the way I look at it is, if, if Ronaldo is successful in the kingdom, if he wins trophies, if he wins cups, if he wins the league, it will solidif- solidify his, his place here, and that will increase his chances of becoming a Muslim. That's, all, that's the way I look at it. I look at it from a da'wah point of view. Otherwise, up until Ronaldo joined uh, uh, Al-Nasr, I did not even know anything about Al-Nasr except that it existed because I heard people speak about it. I didn't know anything about Al-Hilal except that it existed because people... I never followed the, the local league because I, uh, I, I aspire to better quality football, personally. Uh, but, you know, now I look at things from a da'wah perspective. Whatever is beneficial for Islam, then I'm with it. I don't know what's going on in the Hilal, but I know that Ronaldo winning... Yani might open the door for him to become a Muslim. If not, then yani I couldn't care less about him and his football. Now, next. How do viewers go from 20 to 60 when the Q&A starts? SubhanAllah, that's just the way it is. It's the way it is. We just have to be happy that we got 20 in the beginning of the class. And we should be happy that we have 82 now who might one day say, you know what? Aib. Shame on me. Why don't I join the class next time from the beginning? You never know. Maybe Allah will guide them. Do you have any tips on taking notes in dars and also understanding what is being taught? Barakallah I gave you those tips in the class, Ya Abdullah. You write on over the word. You write over the word, the, the, the translation. Or if I give you the derivative of the root word or the root word, you write the root word. Now, but I'm a digital guy. So... You have to join my Samsung world to understand my uh, note-taking skills and my uh, note-taking style. So my note-taking is using the S Pen that comes in all the devices that I carry. And when I used to attend the Durus of Sheikh Muhammad Mukhtar Shinkiti, Hafidahullah, I wouldn't use the traditional notebook and pen. I would take notes on my S Notes, my Samsung Notes. And once you take them, you're able to add audio to the handwritten text. So later on, when you're, when you're uh, going through the page, you, you press the audio, it will play the audio and it will show you whatever notes you took at the moment that audio was recorded. And Samsung Notes is one of the greatest applications that humans have ever developed. People don't know. Samsung Notes allows you to write handwritten text and it will convert it to digital for you. It will convert it to written, you know, like keyboard-like text. Um, Samsung Notes allows you to convert the notes you took into a PDF or into a PPT, or into a Word document, uh, Word document, or keep it as, or the uh, notes file, or keep it in the format of the S note, so you can access it from another 
Samsung device that has the Samsung notes on it. And you could modify it 10, 20, 30 years from that day. So if you ever remember a benefit, you can go back to it and, you know, erase and add. So you don't worry about losing the notebook. You don't worry about, you know, the, the pen dying out on you, the pencil not being strong enough, the pencil fading away. I mean, I could go on forever and tell you about the benefits of using a Samsung device that no other device will offer in this world. And, and no, the Apple product is not equal to that. And the Windows product is not equal to that. Here, this is an example of how it's done with the Samsung Tab S9 Plus. You understand? This right here, you can now convert it and do all kinds of stuff with it. Thank you. And it's a beautiful world with Samsung, but people prefer to be sheep and give their money to a company that gives them leftover apples as a logo. It's a sad world for the Muslims. Next. Can we recite with maqamat? No. Stay away from that. The scholars criticize the maqamat heavily. Next. Did Hassan and Hussein refer to themselves as imams? And were they considered as imams by their people? I don't know. But that's a very loaded question. I don't know why you would be concerned right now in this day and time about Al-Hassan and Hussein. Why are people concerned about Muawiyah and Yazid and Hassan and Hussein if there's no Shia influence? If there's no Shia influence, it, it doesn't concern you what happened. Khalas, it's done. They return to Allah. You work on going to Jannah. You're not a historian. You're not a historian. You want to take the tab? Here. You're not a historian for you to be, you're not an advanced student of knowledge. I'm just guessing because if you are a historian or you're advanced student of knowledge, you wouldn't be here asking me. So the fact that you're asking me denotes that you don't know or you're looking for someone more knowledgeable than you. And that question in and of itself is full of problems because you as a Muslim should not be concerned about the fitan that happened on that day. Only a person who deals with the Shia, refutes the Shia and has dialogues with the Shia needs to study this matter in order to repel and, re and refute the shubuhat and the das that the Shia put forward to cast doubt into the reality of the fitan that happened at the time of the Sahaba. You as a Sunni Muslim, you know that they have returned to Allah, they were seeking the truth, they might have gotten it right, they might have gotten it wrong, and then its life goes on. Now, is it halal to read books like How to Win Friends and Influence People, given I give Quran, etc., their rights? And is there potential reward from reading them? Uh, no, you could, you could, uh, yeah, you could read that book. As for you getting rewarded for it, it depends on your intention. If your intention is to read those books so you could become more, uh, yani more qualified to give da'wah, inshallah you'll be rewarded. Otherwise, it's no, it's useless. What? Khalas, we showed this last time. Zakallah khair. Next. Yalla, jama'ah. Can Allah question adult Muslims, both males and females, about how they looked after their homes and houses that they stayed in, the, in this dunya? Will we be accountable for our contribution in home? Yes. 
Does Allah act with or by means of things? Allah holds up the birds in the sky by means of wind or does he directly hold them up? Do things have a secondary casualty by which God creates effects? That is a philosophical question. and <laughs> The answer to this question was given in this class earlier. The Sahaba did not ask such philosophical questions. Therefore, you as a Muslim, you don't ask these philosophical questions. Allah holds the birds in the sky, period. How, why, this is none of your business. It's none of your business. The Sahaba didn't ask. The Prophet ﷺ didn't explain. So you don't need to know anything beyond that. All these philosophical understandings that, that will address one aspect and then open up the door for another 10 ones that cannot be addressed, cannot be answered, is a form of deviance and misguidance. Now. Ibn Taymiyyah did not use kalam to refute mutakallimun, rather he refuted them by using the Quran and the Sunnah. And you're not Ibn Taymiyyah. Assuming that Ibn Taymiyyah used kalam to refute the mutakallimah and you want to learn kalam in order to refute the mutakallimah and you have the same set skill set as Ibn Taymiyyah and the same knowledge as Ibn Taymiyyah and the same iman as Ibn Taymiyyah and the same yaqeen as Ibn Taymiyyah, then meet me outside. Because I would like to kiss your head and put you on my shoulders and run in the streets with you. But you're a chat chat. Chad x chat. So khalli walli from all these discussions that Muhammad Hijab and his clan bring forward and bring forth about what Ibn Taymiyyah was really about. Because none of these people even understand the text of Ibn Taymiyyah, let alone to be able to comment on him and put him in a, in a department or a category or a clan or a, a camp. Ibn Taymiyyah is above and beyond all of these individuals. No, you cannot learn kalam. You don't need kalam. Not to refute the mutakallimin or not otherwise. Allah revealed the Quran and the Sunnah. Allah did not reveal kalam. So your job is to learn the Quran and the Sunnah and not to learn kalam. By the way, kalam is how calamities begin. And you could quote me on this one that I coined this term right now by the grace and tawfiq of Allah. Kalam, calamity. The calamity begins with the kalam. You want to go astray? Keep playing with the deen of Allah and keep learning philosophical arguments. If uh, B and C uh, minus if he said, then when they say, she said, over there with the cats, under the mouse with the potato. You understand? It's all cooking vegetarian with some beef and, uh, you know, chromosomes with the molecules. Bah. This is how philosophers sound. That's how they sound. Listen to them. Listen to the, listen to the explanation. They go around in circles where, you know, even a table. Is it really a table? Maybe it's an, I'm visualizing, imagining that it's a table. Maybe it's a virtual table. In reality, Ya Rajal, Fukkana Yirham Ahlak, Ya Sheikh. Ya Sheikh, the deen is Qala Allah, Wa Qala Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Wa Qala Abu Bakr, Wa Qala Umar, Wa Qala Uthman. This is the deen of Allah. Not qala Razi, qala Aristotle, qala Socrates, qala Plato, qala Ibn Sina, qala Al-Ghazali. Khallak min hadol kullahum. Dai'een, dai'een kullum gharganeen fi al-diyah. Naam. Next. Ignore this question. Next. 
which English translation tafsir do you recommend for the Quran and Sunnah? Uh, well, we've already recommended the Sahih International way back. Sahih International. And Tafsir Ibn Kathir or Tafsir Al-Sa'di, which we're doing. So if you want to get the, an, an easy, simple Tafsir, Tafsir Abdul Rahman Nasir Al-Sa'di. Rahimahullah, which we do every Friday. Now. Libadu. Wa alaykum salam, dear El Moro. Is it true that every drop of rain is scared by an angel? Someone said that this online, I have questions about whether it is true. I've never heard of that. I know that the uh, Mikael is the angel responsible for rain. I've never heard of the idea that every raindrop is scared by an angel. So whoever makes that claim, say as Allah said in the Quran, قُلْ بُرْهَانَكُمْ إِن كُنْتُمْ صَادِقِينَ Say provide your proof if you are truthful. Where does it appear in the Quran and the Sunnah that the, every uh, raindrop is brought by an angel? When they provide us with the evidence, that is authentic. We will say Jazakallah khairan for informing us and educating us about something that we did not know previously. From now on, we will also believe the same because there's proof, textual proof to substantiate this claim. Until then, you don't believe such statements. And I don't know of any evidence for that. It could be my ignorance. It could be that it actually doesn't exist. So until they provide us with the proof, we remain neutral. Next. Can you take from Ahmad Didat? No. You cannot take from Ahmad Didat, Rahimahullah. Ahmad Didat's aqidah was not sound. Ahmad Didat's aqidah, Rahimahullah, bi rahmatil wasi'ah, was not sound. Was he an excellent debater, qualified debater against the Christians? Absolutely. Are you a student of knowledge or a da'i who could utilize some of his arguments to give da'wah? Yes. And if so, you could listen, provided that you are fortified enough not to be influenced by his deviant uh, uh, thoughts and ideas and uh, opinions. If you're not, if you're just an average Muslim who barely has some knowledge, no, it is not okay for you to be taking anything from Ahmad Didat, rahimahullah. Now, I know a brother who passed away in sujood when praying Fajr in congregation. Allahu Akbar. No, it is not permissible to say that he's in Jannah. We say this is alamatu uh, husnul khatima. This is a sign of husnul khatima. This is a sign of a good end. Wa natamanna wa narjullah an yakuna min ahl jannah We hope and pray and beg Allah that he's from the people of Jannah. You cannot say that he's in Jannah. You cannot say that he's in Jannah. This is from ilmul ghaib. This is from the knowledge of the unseen. You have a good indication that he's there, but you don't have anything conclusive and decisive. What's my opinion on Faris al-Hammadi? It's Faris, not Farish. He's an excellent brother who's done a lot for the da'wah. He's a brother who's been oppressed by his opponents who oppress him the same way they oppress me for the same things. So just like I know, just like I know in the depth of my heart that I am sincere and that I am not an agent of any government and yet I've been... I've been uh, uh, Accused of being that, I assume the same thing about my brother, that he's also not an agent, just like I'm not an agent, and yet just like they're accusing me of something that I'm free and, and, and innocent of, they're also accusing him of something that he's free and innocent of. That's my position. Now, Last question for the day. Kindly let us know exactly who's an ikhwani. An ikhwani 
is someone who follows either he either he ascribes himself to Ikhwan and Muslimin, which is a Hizb, it's a sect in Islam that uh, has a number of principles. Among them is uh, seeking to dominate and seeking to enter into politics. Among them is uh, that the ends justify the means. Among them is uh, bringing unity to Muslims in spite of the differences, even if it means to unite with the people of falsehood. Uh, then you unite with them in spite of that. Uh, there are people that tend that have the tendency to be pro-revolution, uh, uh, pro-protesting, pro-revolting against the leaders and the people in charge. And they have all kinds, and they mix every type of aqidah. Among the followers is a person who follows the Athari aqidah and Ash'ari aqidah and the Hanafi and the Madhab. They're all over the place. Al-Muhim, they are one of the most problematic and troublemaking sects within Islam. So a person who's ikhwani, either he identifies as one of those members or he is following the principles that they have laid down and therefore he becomes an ikhwani, i.e. someone that you need to be very careful of, someone that you need to stay away from and someone that you need to give guidance and da'wah to the way of the salaf. Naam, wallahu alam. Wa sallallahu alayhi wa sallam Muhammad. I think they are insisting on bringing the cats. You could see, mashallah, tabarakallah. Now it's starting to have a layer. This is the cat is grown bigger. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Hey, kitty, 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 kitty. Don't panic and don't get scared. Wheel, wheel. Yalla, go. Oh. Help. No. Okay. Come on, guys. Subhanakallah wa bihamdik. Shadu Allah ilaha illa ant. Astaghfiruka atubu laik. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Ya Hujjaj, bas Allah yalda alaykum. Ish hadha makun ana fi hadiqat hayawanat. Ana shakli fi zoo. Walla fi animal shelter. Kullu shway jibuli bissa. Bissa wahda, bissa tnein, bissa talatha. Khalas bissas. Bissa. Bissa.